Okay, so last night and the night before, we began discussing this interesting application of Lifneiver, where at least according to the, possibly the Tumim, Chashmish Pernachzeidus talks about Al-Kech Managanov, where we actually have Lifneiver, but we'll go steal more to sell more, and then Chedek Managanov, what the problem is. So there are two issues, and he's using this to try to understand the Dina Mechus I don't think the uh, authors of the tax code thought into the Sugi so much, but it's a great example to examine. And Avi mentioned to me, he's actually more Nogea than I thought, with uh, certain things that are illegal on a federal level and not on a state level, and can use it as a... It's more to a state level, also in federal. And it has a severe tax consequence. So... The Tumim did say it's Beferish, but he said that a Chalik Maganov is Lifneiver issue. Why is it Lifneiver? He's not stealing more. He's not going to encourage you to steal more to give you a little piece of the pie. And the suggestion is that you're giving a Hechshah Shnampel and you're making it look honorable, like you're willing to split it with him. And the Chiddush here of the IRS, which uh, I'll explain the defense of it, but first let me explain the problem. They're asking you to give in from this money, and if it's stolen, forget the drugs and the bootlegging, if it's stolen, so then they're asking for some of that stolen money, how would they justify it? Question number two uh, is, this is, to a lesser extent, because it might be a machlekes, the Tumun and the Tvaz Yaakov, is that giving a Hesher stample on making it look normal that, okay, you're a Ghana, everybody's got their issues, but uh, pay taxes like a law-abiding citizen. Is that making it look too proper? It's not, you could debate a little more, and it's a bit of machlekes whether that's with Neiver. Goyim and not with Suvim with Neiver. Discussing the Ashkafa, is this something that's good for society? And there, there are attorneys that, as we speak, are arguing it, and based on what you're saying, it sounds like it's going to be a long argument because it's, it's not a small thing. And the case I mentioned before in Texas where this guy actually paid in over the years a sizable hundreds of thousands of dollars and then they quoted him on Medicare fraud so that you could say it's not Medicare is a government so they could say we're taking it over here we're not giving it to them but it's all part of the government so that you can easily justify but he was also stealing from private insurance companies and they took that money and they asked him for that money so what's the justification they never handed it over to anybody, and when they caught him, they made him pay. So the guy was made whole, the company was made whole, but they were holding the money. So I think they would answer that 99.9% of the time, no one's going to fill it out. So the guy's not getting back his money anyway unless we catch him. And it's easier to catch people based on tax evasion, as we know from Al Capone and Ford. That's why they made this law. Then otherwise, so as a general tikkun for society, we're already ahead. It could come out, though, that Lamaisa, they're holding money that's stolen and they don't catch the guy at all, which probably happens a lot. That's strange. It just comes out very odd that at the end they're holding the money. And that doesn't bother them. Okay, for Medicare, it doesn't bother me because it's all government, it's a different branch. But we're talking about a guy who's stealing, they put it under other income. There's another line there, you'll correct me if... Uh, so he's not going to write down, yes, I stole this, and it was on this and this day, you can come get me. Uh, we wouldn't, halakhali, uh, that's a problem anyway, in Islam of Russia, perhaps, but they're assuming if he puts it down at all, which is rare, he's going to put it on other income. So then 
they're not going to catch him, the fact that he's putting it down. If they catch him, they'll be able to nail him on this. The problem with Al Capone was the state and the city never actually carried through because he had them in the pocket and the feds were able to do it. That's what we mentioned last night. So, in terms of Dinah Mokhzadina, just to point out, we happened to be talking about this before, Meyerov, back with Ramam Rabban and Shechem, what the head to the wipe out the city was, and Ramban says they just were Bali Avera, Avarzara, Gilead Arias, and the Ramam says they didn't do the mitzvah of Dinah, to which Ramban says it's only Sheva Al-Tase, they didn't don Shechem and Chamar, he says that's a bit of Lase, so Ramam holds no, the Chaim is for that also, and then the Ramban says, which is fascinating, he says, Lasaguru Mibneish is only a chiv for us. Once you take the case, you can't back off the guys of mafioso. But Goyim don't have that iser, and Shechem Ben Chamo was the prince and they were scared of him. So he said, that wouldn't be a chiv anyway. It's not a fascinating machlekes. Uh, how far do you have to go when they slash your tires and worse, and you're a judge in their, in their court system? Can you get off the bench and not take the case? That seems to be machlekes, the Ramam and the, and the Ramban. But Either way, over here, you have a situation where they're making basically a low plug, which I think Dilma has the ability to do. They could say, for the greater good, we can catch more Ganov in this way, and more organized crime can be put under control. And therefore, even though once in a while we're Chalakamaganov and the money doesn't get to where it is, it wouldn't have gotten there anyway because we couldn't catch him, and therefore it's okay. And I think that's um, justifiable defense of the IRS's funny how, practice. Yeah. possible star for the IRS is that people could claim casualty losses. So Casualty but, meaning? Well, so if somebody gets stolen from them, somebody's in a Ponzi scheme. Can they? Sure. At the pro- sure. You're given it, money stamp stolen. A guy has a cash in his house, somebody breaks it and takes it, he could take that as a loss. That's not a business enterprise, you're saying. It's just time. Some time lose money. No, I've dealt it? with the guy that invested in a property and somehow it got stolen from Right. Him. And he claimed... Uh, but you have to prove that reasonably. He claimed it and he's going to defend but, but it. But the point is, is that if the, of, if, if, the, if the victim is able to claim a loss and then therefore the IRS is losing out, the only way that they could be made whole right. is, if, is if the Ghanav actually claims it. Uh, okay. At the same point, but okay, how often is it going to happen? I think my hetero is a bigger hetero because I'm saying they have a right to make a low plug, even though in certain cases that's a low plug is. It's not going to make sense. It's not going to look good. And it's giving a Hesher temple. You're asking a Ghana, you say you're a Ghana, but we're still going to treat you as a low body citizen and fill out. So that I, I don't mind. It doesn't help for illegal activity, it only helps for Ghana. Yeah, right. Well, a lot of Ghana going on. This is, uh, yeah, it doesn't, the no, drugs is not going to, there's not sort of China. It wouldn't help because there was no casualty loss on the flip side. It is, because that's all government. I'm less worried about Medicare. But that happens in this Texas case where he sued after he was caught. He paid everything back. He had to. And then he filed suit with the IRS. And he lost hundreds of thousands of dollars. And he didn't pay it back. Why? So that his attorney said, that doesn't make any sense. And it doesn't on paper. But that's the low plug. They said, if you're a gun of, we have the upper hand. And we're making a low plug. And it's better for society. And I think that's not a bad argument. Therefore, we're not giving it back, even though it doesn't make any sense. Now, what you mentioned last night, that's my last point here. Go on, go on to the next uh, Shailah. They don't allow, even the guys putting on their other income and it's drug or bootlegging in the time of prohibition or Geneva, you can't, if you're doing something illegal, you can't take as a business deduction, as a business expense, anything that's an old business, like paying rent for your operation. I'll just read to you the way it's, it's put down here. This is one of the authors, I think it's the tax attorney, he's arguing against it. And it's not Terry Messini, but... He says an interesting 
Tanya says, currently the tax law denies deduction for business expenses that violate a federal or state law. He puts in parentheses, only if the state law is generally enforced. That's an interesting line. I don't know if he's right. I don't know if that's his assumption, but we once had a share on that. Is a jaywalking us, or even if it's two in the morning, there's no car for a mile down? Not so push it. You could say it's a low plug, they have a right to make a low plug, and now it's a mile off, and next night it'll be foggy, and it's dangerous, don't do it. Remember they started giving tickets to people sitting on the stoop of a train station, like the F train, remember that, Misa? They dug up a law, they're trying to raise money for the city, they dug up a law, and they applied it. Would that have taken Dinah Chazdina? If they never enforced it, nobody ever heard of it. The answer is no, and he's assuming that at a state level, which is not an interesting assumption. In addition, losses, including business losses, cannot be deducted if they arise out of illegal activity. For example, medical expenses are denied a deduction if they're illegal. Kickbacks, bribes, and rebates given in connection with Medicaid or Medicare program are non-deductible. Which means if you yeah, were involved in fraud at the end, what it costs you to get that business and bribes. But those are bribes to the government, not bribes to the... Okay. Any expenses, legal or not? incurred, but even if they're legal, incurred in connection with conduct of business, the selling controlled substance prohibited by federal <coughs> law cannot be deducted, even though it's regular normal expenses. And then he writes, the contention of the authors, they're writing a position piece here, that the provision should be repealed, there should be no restriction on the deductibility of an expense because of its illegality, uh, illegality in the general sense, because then he writes, he says, the following article will try to show this bad policy and not in accordance with traditional rationale for meeting out punishment. He kind is, that's not me to connect because a guy might end up making so little money after you don't let him take off these expenses that the punishment doesn't fit the crime. My answer to him, I understand this time, my answer to him would be, the government's given pretty broad power, and if they say it doesn't look fair on paper and it's not going to be that fair sometime, but we don't have to be fair to gun of him, and we want to teach them a lesson on the Maviro. And that's not a bad defense. Just an interesting case for Dinamo Chazadina law. That's point number one. There's one, two more examples of this. Uh, this was, uh, also this example brings it alive from the rental point of view. Normally a rental, you're conducting a business and you made a million dollars profit and you paid $800,000 rent. You only made $200,000. Not when it happens to be the line of work was something or some aspect of it was illegal. So they had a particular case where there was a county that didn't like horse racing, gambling. Like prohibition, they felt it wasn't wholesome, which is not a bad point. <coughs> and they made it illegal in that area. And the penalty for trying to contravene the law was a fine of $25. So far, so good. I don't know what year this was. Doesn't sound like a whole lot. You know, Moshe's Chuvas, they kept on writing in about the Chalvi Yisrael. They said the fine's only $10. And they keep, kept writing Chuvas again. He said, it's not just a fine. It's not. If they get caught, it's not, not good for business. That was the whole, the fines are often not that big. But if they get caught, it's a PR disaster. Z, that's Ruven, operates a horse racing business in this town. Z rents the establishment in which the racing takes place. An annual rent of $600,000. For year one, Z's net winnings were 800000 and so Z had a net profit of 200000 before paying the $25 fine, which he was, I guess, happy to pay. However, because the payment of the rent is illegal, Z cannot deduct the cost of the rent and must pay the income tax on $800,000 of gross income. Uh, get gambling losses. You pretty. deduct against gambling gains, but not expenses. Gambling is not illegal. I mean, if you're doing it in a state that it's illegal? Oh, well, yeah. yeah, no, here, yeah. This township happened to ask that they don't like, they're very religious, they don't like sports. You know, like what it attracts, whatever. So he didn't care about twenty-five dollars. But when he found out that 
the rent was <laughs> that was thing. So basically, it had a net loss, and it was a disaster. And therefore, Z will not continue to to conduct business because it doesn't make any money, and he's not racing horses the schma, I guess. So he wants to make money. Shame, Mom and Harbe. So he's. That's the way the law is set up now. Uh, the point is that while the state considers the offense to be a very minor nature and imposes a small penalty, the federal government imposes a large penalty because once the, any aspect is legal, you can't take the regular deductions and there's going to be a problem. I think they have a right to do it, Lamar Yishmuvio. That's my answer. I'm not here to defend the IRS, but I think this, uh, this makes a lot of sense. And um, there were those here in the year, some of them sitting here, were arguing that there was a time in 1912 that the tax bracket, the highest rate was 1%. can't even imagine that. 1%. Sounds good, no? 1% of your income? That's like 38% below what it is now. And then they started fighting wars and all sorts of things, and they had to raise money. It's an interesting email. He's the one who sent it. He's, um, he's originally from colonial times, he remembers. So, uh, so 1% is pretty good, and he argued that they built roads and they kept the infrastructure, but when you enter World War I, it's going to cost money. And then World War II, and then missile programs. So your kasha on your email was, why is that mutter? We're just entering wars to kill more people. So the answer is that it's actually, uh, nobody likes paying taxes, but it's actually a good thing. And America Lamaisa, for most of what they've been doing, I'm not saying it's Lashma, maybe it's for COVID, but they're, as a superpower, they're policing the world, and they're trying to stop the bad guys, and there's value in taking an achrayis. There's no avaris per se by gayim to gayim, but there's a sense of achrayis for the world. And I'm not saying the ways on the right side of the issue, but as an objective American, they've been often on the right side of the issue, and we're very happy they entered World War II. We wish they would have entered earlier, but that was Ne'ashem Yetzirah Dover. So World War I was a disaster for the Eden also, as it was for the rest of the world. And Lamaisa, if you remember... The history, it was trench warfare, back and forth, people getting killed until they brought fresh American troops. With that, nothing moved. And that was a disaster for the world. So if that costs America another 38%, they're used to it by now. But I, I think that was a good decision. And if you remind me at some later date, um, Herbert Hoover, who actually pushed prohibition, and now people laugh at him, like, what kind of ridiculous havamina? What is this ridiculous havamina? Didn't work as well as they wanted, but the notion that people should actually make whatever they make, uh, blue collar, white collar, and actually get home with the money instead of stopping at the saloon and getting drunk and then beating up their spouses is not a chiddish to from people, Baruch Hashem. That, that we should fix up like something like that if it's going wrong. And there were some normal Americans who felt this is wrong. That's not so crazy. So the big riots, uh, liberal-minded people. The riots, it was, it was ridiculous. Havimina didn't work. And of course, it didn't work on that side. They repealed it. Not a kasha. <laughs> have a Havimina, maybe uh, there's a midway point. But uh, the notion that uh, everybody getting drunk in society is not good for society is not a chiddish. And they were, as, uh, some people tied it, it was the Minigailim by the Gai Shavel for thousands of years. They could have just kept it up, which they ended up doing. It was, but it was never good for... I just decided there was some Yidin who short-term made money on the liquor business because that's the only license they were able to hold, but it never ended well, as, you, as we know. So, Yidin Mokhazanin is an important sugya that Mishnah uh, Avos, that society should be built by honest people who are trying to make tikkunim, and that's, they only have Zion Mitzvah, so they're really supposed to be doing tikkun We're just supposed to do the mitzvahs of Mamela, they'll be tikkun it's been hijacked. 
So that's important. Next, uh, from last week's uh, parsha, by Eitzah actually, um, I wanted to discuss, I'll begin now and we'll uh, finish up tomorrow with another couple of shaylas. There's a lot of discussion about uh, Lifniivra, which you had already when it's just a conscious omission, which means you didn't actively trip up anybody. You just saw something you could have stopped and you didn't do anything about it. So that's certainly a lack of arvis. So when there's arvis, a lack of responsibility, not doing the right thing. Is it actual lifneiver? So some say no, lifneiver lusitemichel. You weren't actively abetting and you weren't being marshal somebody. And some say no, if it's so obvious and they're looking at you for approval, then maybe that's worse. Rachel Menu, when she left the house, when they ran away, based on Nevoa, that they should run away now. So she decided at the last minute she's going to take the trophim and run, as we know from the Pusik. And then Lovin runs after them in a self-righteous, phony way, starts screaming and yelling, and you hid it from me. Of course, they didn't. They, he never would have let them leave. And they were supposed to go home a while ago already, and Hashem said, go, and you will have to the Shema, as they knew they're supposed to go. And she stole them. So if it's so important to steal them, so you shouldn't do Avarazah, why didn't she steal them before? The answer is they lived there. She couldn't steal and get away with it. Now, there's a chance if, they don't, if it doesn't catch up. So she tried. Why'd she do that? So, I just mentioned a few minutes ago, Goyim don't have a Chiyav of Arvis. Either they have a Dina B'nai Nayach, and there's no official Chiyav of Arvis, that's important over here for this discussion, or anybody who entered Klai Yisrael had to become a separate Gergeris. Either way, Rachel Imeinu doesn't have a Chiyav of Arvis. Either she's not related to Lavan anymore, halachically, or they're all B'nai Nayach, and there's no Chiyav of Arvis. So why'd she do it? So if you remember from our Kibbut Aveim Shirem, the big Machlech is whether Goyim have a Chiyav of Kibbut Aveim. Some say yes, absolutely, it's Seichodik and basically Akarasatayim, and others say no, it's not in the list, which is not the biggest kasha because the list is 20 something, seven is the Chiyavi Yemiso. But everybody's maskim that it's proper that a guy should do Kibbutz Aveim. Haraya, the famous Gemara by Kibbutz Aveim, is from Dhamma Benesina and Esav, both of whom are Goyim, and you see, it's the right normal thing to do. So, Everybody starts off with the kasha. The Zayda Kaddish brings down and others that it's possible Zayda Zagarim, one of the reasons Rochel Menu was nifter, nifteris early is because she stole the trophy and aggravated her father. He was aggravated. He deserves it. He's a Russia and he's aggravated that he doesn't have his Avodah Zayda. kind of ridiculous. But Lamaisha, she aggravated him and apparently the Zayda, that's what everybody's trying to figure out afterwards and this is a really big part of the sugi. Like, is she supposed to do something? So what she do wrong? So what she do right? What she accomplish? The answer is, she figured, I'll take it now. By the time he chisels out another one, it'll be 24 hours. Two hours, five hours, five hours, less of Adazar. Still the game. That was the assumption, and it would have been. So what went wrong? So I'd like to offer a few mahalchem that they suggest, because it's extremely nagea today. Whenever I'm uh, dealing with uh, Bachram and Asif and Yeshiva or family well, no, and this was asked here. That's why I'm addressing it. I said, we get to it. You know, can you steal? Somebody has some unfiltered device or a device they're doing bad things with or some other chafsa that they're doing bad things. Can you steal it? Now, before the kanam in the room, say, of course. This is from a geneva. <laughs> you know, the tamata geneva, you have to be very careful. This is, and everybody, whenever you talk about the sugya, they start from rochli menu. Actually, they don't. They start from Aravinu smashing all the Avodah of his father. Then they go to Rochel and We're going to examine both. And it's not so poshit, very noble. And if you could do something and help them out, you should be. And if you don't, it's a lack of Arvis. That's why I said, well, Arvis officially get off the table because it's what happened in Earth. They don't have Arvis. 
is it the right thing to do? And if it is, why was Rachel Imenim punished? The way they bring it down from the Zayar is that she was punished me to Kegamida, that she died young and wasn't Zaycha to bring up in Yemen because she didn't do Kibarav, so she didn't get to mother her, you know, her son and shepherd him through the Nyane uh, Chinuch and life, and, which is Anachas. That was the Mid Kegamida. That's a serious uh, statement and allegation. What would she do wrong? So, the Sefer Sidim says that she should have asked Yaakovinu. It's a fascinating answer. It doesn't address whether it's right or wrong. It just puts over the Shaila that there was a problem already with the system. She's doing something, certainly a Shaila, you're stealing. Stealing is one of the Zayah Mitzvahs. There's no Chi of Arvis. He can't say, Ask the Chalisa, say. And she meant well, certainly, but, but she could have asked the Pesikadar, and she didn't. Now, had she asked, why is Isaiah saying that? Because if it's a complete other and she thought it was right, so how was she supposed to know? Why is she punished? The answer is she could have asked. That's what we're trying to address. What would Yaakovinu have said? So that's part of the sugya. Well, you have to first don, is it the right thing or the wrong thing? What's the psak on this? And this comes up a lot. I've asked this question a lot by good people who want to do the right thing, often uh, uh, younger people who see their friends doing it. Should they take it? Should they not? I told uh, one group of Bacharim that I don't think they should forget the sugya for a moment. <coughs> if they pick up, let's say, they have a device that is a ticking time bomb and they don't feel that that person should have it. I'm not talking about where he's leaving it around and it's wreaking havoc in the yeshiva in the dorm. Just his problem. He shouldn't do it for a practical reason. It's because if he picks it up, I'm going to steal it and smash it. He now picked it up and he's holding it. And you know what can happen? He said, well, i got to go throw this out. Where's the incinerator? And while he's going, you know, I might as well check the weather. <laughs> and you know where it goes from the weather. So I told him, I said, even if it's mutter, <laughs> it's not your geschäft, because you shouldn't be touching this. It's muksanach and it's not your problem, because that itself is dangerous. They were surprised to hear that. I said, I'm just picking up for a minute or two. I'm just transporting it to the garbage. I said, maybe that's what you planned on doing. Maybe you'll get there, and maybe you won't. So they bring a Depends what... Okay, that would be the Rafkamina. But I'm saying it's not even so push it to do the Maisa Geneva. Now, we have a Gemara, famous Gemara that says, Dash the Pasuk Shah is the real Issa Dereses and Asmachta, that you can't even steal Amanas to pay Kefal to a guy who's poor, that you want to be Mahana, but he won't take money because he's proud, and you want to steal something and then pay him back double and get him a lot of money. Why? Because it's Geneva. So then, what's the Havmin? This is Mutter? So. The quick answer to that, again, if you bring a raya, you're talking about Rachel Imenu and Abimavinu, is that's a Pusik by us, it's a Drosha and Argamara, and that would be us for Yidin, <coughs> wouldn't be us for Gaim. So and we're still back to what did Rachel Imenu do wrong? So, first Teretz is she should have asked Yaakovinu, but that just makes you wonder what would Yaakovinu have said. So, I, I'll share with you what I was thinking, and then I'll, I'll walk you through another few possibilities. It's very clear. Let's, let's bring the head to first. Why should this be mutter? You're stealing. And we don't say do averis to be makara people. So the immediate gemara that comes to mind is a gemara we saw here um, recently and a few times before that. And I think I remember one night you were sitting here and you said, you just did that, Sylvia. If a guy is wearing shotness, deraisa, in the shuk, you tell him quickly you've got to take it off and if he doesn't comply, not because he's a bad guy, just uncomfortable, You've got to take it and rip it off, which means you're destroying it. That's Ganeva. Why is that mother? The answer is, is that there's no Issa Ganeva when you're being Mekayim Arvus. 
and helping the guy out, and it's better he should lose a suit. That's a clear raya without a chilek. Shot his draw bun on, so then you can wait till he gets inside. If he's in the best magic, there are different heterim, or if it's, he doesn't know about it yet, he's shagig, draw mal's makeholds, mal his already. But the din is, you could destroy his clothing if there's no other way to do it. So then, really schwer. So what did Rachel Rimeinu do wrong? So you say, why didn't she smash him when she was still back in Haran? The answer is they were in a rush to get out. And she said, you know, smashing metal idols is not so easy. You've got to get a refinery and smelt it down. She didn't have time. She just grabbed them. So what would she do wrong? So, back to the Sefer Seed. should have asked Yaakovino, but what would Yaakovino have said? So this is conjecture on my part, offering a sorrow that Yaakovino could have said a number of things. He could have said, we're not Jewish yet. And there's no Chiyav Arvis, so you can't get into the Shiloh. That Gemara is talking about where it's a Yid to a Yid, and there's a Chiyav Arvis, and he's got to help him out. That doesn't apply to us. There's no Chiyav Arvis. If all things equal, it's a nice thing to help somebody keep it as I miss. It's not our problem. So they're not a problem if it's love, and if we've had serious sorrows from already, and he's out of control, and he's going to run after us quicker if we do this, and scream at us. This is exactly what happened. And Yaakovinu said, it's not our Chiyas, and it's not Parv, and we're going to be distracted, to say the least, from this, and therefore do not do it. And therefore, the Zagat says, it's not a time that she thought it was the right thing to do if she could have asked Yaakov. You know. That thing, by the way, goes through gracious a lot. Great people. Like the Shifte Khan Yasef, Yaakov was there. Why didn't you ask? <laughs> that's, that's the time. The time is not even, believe it or not, it's not how can you sell your brother? They had a good Havamina, we all know the raid on it. Mariba Malchus and uh, Yehuda. Good Svaras. Great Svaras. But there's somebody to ask. And they made the big mistake, which everybody makes when they want to do what they want to do and they don't want to listen to the real Mahalach and that is, well, we can't ask Yaakov Inu because he's a father and he might be no Gebedavar. So that's Kfirah. Not that somebody can't be no Gebedavar, but the Yemen's come over here is Yaakov Inu can make an objective decision. And if you have a problem with the Ksanis Pasen, that's not gay already now. So bring it up. Talk, discuss it. Don't ignore it and then blow up. And that's easy in 2010 hindsight. We're talking about G'day Le'elam. And as far as the means, we're very good. But Lamaisa, Yaakov is alive. Ask him. And if you, for some reason, can't ask the ranking Pesach you would go to, so go to the other Godwadar. What am I referring to? There are only two at this time. But Rivka had a problem with her pregnancy, and like, what do I do? So she didn't go to Yitzchak. For obvious reasons, by the way. She went to shame. Okay. <laughs> but the Shivzakah didn't go to anybody. I don't even know if Ava was still alive, but she was trying to be Ava last a long time. Yitzchak was still alive. What? Okay. But they didn't do that either, and they felt that Yitzchak might say, well, I asked my son, he's the place got done. <laughs> but they didn't. I understand, we all understand why they didn't, but on the outside, that was, that's a bigger taina if you made a mistake in the Pesach and you're honest, you thought it through. Okay, you're an honest. They wouldn't get punished. Sorry, we got malchus, a deri, deri. But they should ask. That's Seva Chesidim over here is very reminiscent of that, that it's a bigger time than you shouldn't ask in the first place. The other possibility, and this is uh, Nogel Amaisa, I saw in Eitz Yisrael, uh, Zobostin was asked to Shailud, in Eitz Yisrael, this is not in America also, but it's like typical for Eitz Yisrael. The first thing they did was he went up to ask. Right. Yeah, and that, by the way, is not an address you have to ask a Shailud to normally <laughs> because we don't have access. Yeah, he went and he met... Uh, the Sarah Pnim. I would say his name is a Shiloh Knight, but he's on the good side, of course, but whatever. That's, yeah, that's unusual. If you have Ishmael Khan Gadol next to you, Kataka, ask a Shiloh directly to Shamayim. 
But they weren't sure, yeah. That's how close it was. The Shifte Ka almost had the right decision. It was 51-49, but Begadeh Le'elam, it's always going to be like that. So Shai Yisrael was as follows. There was a Masarati fellow, which Baruch Hashem is very, very Yisrael. So not from the anti-religious make a lot of noise, but they're the minority, Baruch Hashem. Hopefully a shrinking minority. They just make a lot of noise and have a lot of money. So, is a Masariti guy, average Masariti guy in Eitz Yisrael, ever in Eitz Yisrael for Pesach? It's a Machaya. Like, you see, I remember, I was uh, in Yeshiva, I was a Bacha then. I walked into my building, it's Rechovot, so there was uh, one or two five families there. And it's Pesach, I'm Pesach. I walk out of the apartment, I'm in the hallway, I see a little kid go by with that yarmulke, like a 12 year old, 12 year old. Uh, Friars can be, he's munching on matzah. First time I saw that. So why in the world is he holding matzah? So I mentioned, I went back upstairs and I mentioned it to my mother. And she said, what do you think he's going to be holding? What should he be munching on? A cracker? It's Pesach. She didn't say that because Pesach can't eat chametz. She was, knew I was talking about a non-from, not yet from kid. Said, no, no, most people in this country don't eat overt. It's a strange, we don't, we don't see this in America. Most people, there's no havamina. You want to eat something. Okay, is a shaylan hochas brochus? Was he eating a matzah that was possible by Kisnin? Was it egg matzah? He shina makom for the brochus. Wasn't wearing yarmulke. Probably didn't make a brochus. All sorts of issues. But he was eating matzah. And there was no havamina otherwise. That doesn't mean they're getting good hachem. There might be things that two of us chametz. They don't know. But they, they don't eat chametz. So my there was a fellow who happened to have come from the USSR years before and he was a Masarati fellow, his son was a Baal and um, he came home, and uh, they were getting ready for Pesach, helping him clean, actually cleaned, and he sold the chametz. Good. Yeah, this the minute we sell chametz. The father had one vice, he wasn't a drunkard, but he liked drinking schnapps, the chametz dicker type. So the son was trying to clean up and put it away, like you know, behind the box with red tape behind the curtain. The father said, no, 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 that, that stays out. We don't need any bread over here. We get rid of the noodles. But schnapps do drink. Now, he didn't include in this Shiloh when he wrote it up. There happens to be sheets in Achrem, the whole schnapps is mutal legamri. Don't quote that out of context. We don't pass like that. But they hold in the distillery process. It becomes a vapor, and then it's recaptured. So they hold the pan of chadoshes. It's not chametz kamer. There's three sheets. There's mutter, Alser is a deraisa, which is what we're chesed for, and taruv is chametz because it's not it goes through a process that like disappears and then they recapture it. Yeah, right, right. So as I said, don't don't misquote that, please. So the father was not being made like that shita, and we it's a very serious shaila. It's, it's probably chametz gomer. It's like it's a curry. So so the son said, uh, you can't drink schnapps on Pesach, and uh, all the talking is screaming. Didn't do any good. And this is a guy already has a heart for it. He says, look, we don't, uh, we're not uh, anti-religious. We, we get rid of the bread. You can sell everything else. So the son came to ask a shayla, can he steal all the schnapps? Now, two parts to the shayla. One part's easy. I thought, can you steal it? Can you steal it? Sell it. He wasn't interested in pouring it down the drain. That was prohibition. That was last night's year. So can he steal it and sell it? The answer to that is probably no. You can't sell it. Their truth is written. If a guy sells every year and he forgot to come, during Mechir's Chumas, we throw a bottom, actually announce, we tell the guy, that people who made it every year, in case somebody didn't make it and it was got, got stuck in traffic or whatever, but he always sells, we want to do Zachalam Shalom which is a big Malchegas, like Saisen Adar Achorinim. Can you do Zachal Le'adam or Me'adam or both? Or, so that's a Chiddush already, but that already has an Umdana, he sells it. This guy declared, I always drink schnapps on Pesach, I've been doing it for 30 years, I don't sell it, and this is the way it is, 
No discussion. So the kid wants to know, can he steal it and sell it? The answer is, selling it when it's not, if it's stolen, the chess is still here, you're selling it, that machib is not going to work. That has nothing to do with, a little to do with Zachlan Shalafan, if you hold it's it's meadam, leodam, is no chiluk. So, let's say he's going to take it and pour it down the drain. Smash them and pour it down the sewer. Is that mutter? Well, we just said, you can rip off a guy's clothing if he's wearing shotness and save him from the avera. So, why not? So, that's why, and this Shiloh comes up, it's scary, more than you think. And the first rise, well, other, uh, not other, Abba Vino for Terach's um, fancy shop and window, uh, window display of all his getchkas, he smashed all of them with a, um, something that resembled a baseball bat. So why is everybody talking about Rachel and why does the Kedr say Rachel and punish? He says absolutely nothing about Abba Vino, for all we know, and I don't have any Makar otherwise, Abba Vino gets scar for this, and that's considered a great heroic act that he did that got him almost killed. So what's the chiluk? This is a serious... It's the same thing. Smashing it, stealing it, what's the, what's the difference? So, some of the answers suggest that uh, when you stole it, it's not Shavaputa. It's not Pashit. For us, it's not Shavaputa, it's also Barna. They don't have any Sarana. And if it's not Shavaputa, then you're not stealing Shavaputa either. So what difference does it make? So that can't be a chilev between Amma Vinu and Rachli Menu. Someone at uh, Chaim says this in uh, one of his farm, that uh, Amma Vinu was trying to make a public display of Kiddush Hem Shemayim to wake up the world to the concept of monotheism. And his father apparently was a hush of a person and he had a big shop and he wanted to make a tumult. Rachli Menu is an arena, Lovan's Lovan, nobody can quite figure him out. He's not a good guy, but he's not changing the world either. And it's not going to make too much difference. She wants to save him for 24 hours of, of Adazara. That's not enough to justify <coughs> the ramifications of fallout afterwards. And that's why Yaakovina would have said, don't do it. But give it some thought between now and tomorrow night. The chilik has to be worked on because it sounds like the same guy case. And one, not goes unnoticed, Abmavinu is praised. And Rachlemeinu, according to the Zayar and other sources, is not condemned. She meant Lashen Shamayim, but Nemaisa got a very serious Einish. So what would the chilik be? She wasn't looking to make a profit on them or sell them. She kept that. No, they're still running. He caught up with them. They're running, 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 running. She has them. She just didn't get a chance for care. Afterwards, Yaakovinu says, okay, everybody get rid of all your results. Let's bury them. She had, she had three days to throw them anywhere in the desert while they were traveling. Uh, you never ran from Lovin, apparently. Yeah. That's painfully obvious. Uh, <laughs> running for your life with kids in tow and everything... I don't know if that's what you think of. She was very scared of. They were running very quickly. They stole away under cover of darkness. And that's after they had an avua that they should run, which implicit is run and you'll succeed. But that's the maximum shadlers. They were running. So you could think calm, cool, and collected if you're sitting here in the shear. I don't know if you would have. They, they packed up. She's packing up for a lot of kids, out of his own, helping with the nephews. And, or they have uh, siblings, whatever, the whole, all the tribes. So uh, there's a lot to do, and they're packing up. Uh, I think we'd be even more bent out of shape. The she had the presence of mind to say, let me do something for my father, even though I have no chi of harvest, and let's help him out for a day. Parsha also point out, by the way, that these things were also a crystal ball, and she wanted to take them so she should find out. They shouldn't talk. Find out that they left early, they needed a head start, and they were trying to leave. So that's understandable, but then there wouldn't be a taina because she's protecting herself. But someone, there's a lot of discussion about this. Some say that's 
problem is then she didn't do it l'shma. Just do it to steal the Avodah Zarah. This is to protect herself. But that's not protect herself. What's the problem? She, Hashem tells them to go. That means do their shtadlis. Why is that a problem? So this is complex. So we have a stira with Abmavinu. It was a great thing. Rachel Menu was a little problematic in her move. And there's no Arvis officially over here. And Yaakovina probably would have said no. The question is why. Okay. Metzah Shem, we will continue tomorrow.